Welcome to Dudes of Hazards Radio. I'm your founder and host, Donnie McCarty. On today's uh, episode, we have our seventh episode, and Tyler Deaver from the Johnson City Country Club, who's the head golf professional there, will be joining us on today's episode. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and say hey to the dudes. Hey, dudes. Glad to be here. So this is uh, Tyler's first time with us. Uh, this is going to be a fun time. This is our first non-league member that we've had on the podcast, so this is going to be uh, pretty cool. I'm looking forward to this one. So before we dive in, we're going to go ahead and do a quick little podcast rundown just so you guys can have an idea of what to expect on today's episode. We're going to do a quick intro of Tyler, get to know a little bit about where he works, uh, his family, just how long he's been around the game, and some other just quick tidbits to get the conversation started. We're then going to dive into some league notes. We have uh, some interview questions that we're going to dive into with Tyler. That's our, you know, 30, 40 minute uh, section where we kind of go in deep, get to know some fun stories and just some personal background. And then lastly, we're going to wrap it up with our segment called Hazard Time. And that's where if you haven't listened uh, in yet, uh, I don't even know what the questions are yet, but we're just going to put five minutes on the clock and I'm just going to rapid fire questions at Tyler and see what he comes up with. So should be a fun episode today, and thanks for tuning in. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself and the dude so we can kind of get to know you. Uh, so uh, moved here uh, 2020, uh, April. Um, came from Athens, Georgia. Worked as uh, an assistant at um, Athens Country Club and was in Georgia for a few years. I was at um, Country Club of Columbus, which is um, – you know, down there south of Atlanta um, as an assistant. And prior to that, I wasn't far from here in, um, in Asheville, North Carolina, at the country club there. So, um, so again, just been here for a couple of years. This is uh, the, the first head professional position that I've had. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Um, it's been fun. It's been a huge learning experience, still learning every day, and, and hope to learn something, uh, continue to learn. So, um I do have uh, a wife. We've been married for seven years now and, and a two-and-a-half-year-old son, and we're actually expecting another boy in September. Man. Well, that just continues with the trend of every guest that comes on here about seems to be either getting married or having a kid this year. Uh, this year. So I, that's COVID, uh, COVID babies. Yep. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, so you said you were down at Country Club of Columbus, um, Columbus, Georgia. So that's like the armpit of America down there. It is. Um, yeah. That's actually where I went to basic down there at Fort Benning. Yeah. And that place is just, uh, I mean, it's miserable. So, I mean, that's the best way to kind of describe it. So, um, it's sure. Great. The summers down there were some long, hot seasons for you. It was brutal down there. Uh, the best part of, about being down there, the golf course was great. You yeah. know, I worked for a, a good golf professional there, learned a lot. It was a it was a Donald Ross golf course. Awesome. Um, so I, I love working there. Met my wife there. Um, she was working at Columbus State at the time, and um, you know we weren't too far away from Auburn, Alabama. That's where we got married, and a lot of memories there. So uh, we love Columbus, but um, yes, it is extremely hot and. Uh, not too many good things other than that about Columbus. No, uh, that's, I mean, <laughs> not like I was out like really perusing the town or anything, Correct. but yeah, like, yeah. uh, yeah, from what I've heard, you gotta be careful. Yeah. Downtown. It, it's a little yeah. rough. Um, so how long have you been playing golf? Like when did you get into start playing this game? You know, I started playing, um, seriously, uh, when I was 13 years old. So, uh, 21 years ago. And, um, 
just got into it with some buddies for fun and 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 got pretty good at it and and actually ended up uh quitting baseball i was on the high school baseball team and and played uh golf for high school and in, in uh, my junior and senior year wow yeah that's pretty awesome did you go and try to play anywhere in college or um i had you know there were some opportunities for some smaller schools i ended up going to georgia southern um and they had a great golf team then still do yeah. and uh no chance no yep. chance whatsoever so i didn't play much golf i kind of got out of it um through college just had uh, different priorities back then. <clears throat> that's fair enough. While I was at Georgia Southern, that's when I decided I want to get into the business. So, ended up leaving leaving Statesboro and moving back home for a little bit, and uh, ended up going and uh, pursuing the business of golf. Nice. Well, leave us uh, off with a fun fact or just something maybe you know the average Joe doesn't know about you, or something you want to kind of share with the guys. Well, I, I mean, I've I've only had one hold in one. That was at uh, when I was working at uh, Country Club of Asheville. It had happened. I was actually playing with the other professionals with us, and uh, man, I don't know. I I'm not too exciting with that kind of stuff. I'd have to really kind of think about a fun fact about me. I'm not that fun. Um, well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I bet getting to make a hole in one with actual instead of just you know kind of your buddies that just play once or twice a year actually playing with some people that sure. can recognize the i guess either the luck slash combo of that and some talent i mean i feel like that's what it takes for a hole in one that's i mean right. it's got to be a good shot but that's right got to take some luck to roll in the hole oh, um absolutely. i also yeah. like how you mentioned uh only one hole in one i mean that makes the rest of us 99.99 percent of golfers with zero well, you uh, got to remember, like at, at Johnson City Country Club, they have like a hole in one per week. I mean, it's crazy. I've seen the amount that. of times. I mean, so it, it's uh, when a member gets a hole in one, and I, this is something that I I learned. I guess you contact a guy over at Johnson City Press, and he puts it in the newspaper. I feel like I'm texting him every week. <laughs> That's and, funny. Uh, so when I yeah. say only one, trust me, I'm not trying to you know brag or anything. It's it just has. I feel like I'm below the average around this area. I mean, I feel like if you're not making a hole in one on number twelve or number seven out there at the club, then I mean, I think we had five hole in ones last year on number seven. That's crazy. It is crazy, and and three of them came within like four weeks of each other. Wow. Uh, if I'm ever getting a hole in one out there, it's on seventeen. I. <laughs> I've probably had three or four tee shots within like that five foot range, you know, and so I've had I think like two at like a foot, and so I'm getting close now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I well, that's just seventeen or two is really kind of the ones that I I think that would be more susceptible to holding ones. I actually it's struggle a, on two. That, I think that's my worst. Man, you know? Yeah, I think that's my worst. No, I agree, two. but like, as far as distance, yeah. I mean, seven is. Seven's a tricky hole. I mean, it is. You can hit anywhere from a seven iron to a hybrid um, because the wind uh, it twir- it it swirls over there, yeah, crazy. And you swear that the wind's with you or it's against oh. you, and then it just it gets hit up into the air and goes a different direction. You're and, telling me, and I don't <laughs> I don't know how why I'm, I'm seeing so many hole in ones on number seven it's a crazy hole and then and then obviously number 12 is just it's a 200 yard par three yep. from the back tee so i mean you're just not going to see plus to a small green it's, it's not going to see a lot of hole in ones so. i also feel like the wind always seems to be coming into your face on that hole right on there too 12? yeah 
Yeah, I, agree. I mean, the I feel wind's like every, tricky out there. It, it, I man. mean, it, it can swirl on you quite a bit, and I think that has to do with the amount of pine trees out there. Um, yeah. And and we'll I'm sure we'll talk more about it later. But the renovation is a, is a lot yeah. of tree management. But we're going to have tree management um, for a long time. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. I'm actually really excited to kind of uh, dig into the renovation part of our conversation. I think that's going to be fun. And for those of you that don't know, if you've listened to this, I'm a member out there. And then Tyler, if uh, you heard earlier, is our head golf professional out there. So he's um, kind of working along with Steve Foster to see the uh, basically the oversee the renovation of the course and redoing the bunkers and tree management. And it's uh, I've been able to kind of watch it from the beginning, uh, at least of this year when they started working on it. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, someone who's out there uh, pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been kind of neat seeing the progress. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to our league notes. So this last weekend, uh, June 4th, we just had our second annual charity tournament um, benefiting Isaiah 117 House. Uh, that was a big success. Glad uh, for all the people that came from out on, came in from out of town. Uh, just took the time to either donate and all of our volunteers that showed up that day to make that possible. Coming up, we have the second Dudes of Hazards Cup. That's going to be June 23rd through the 27th in Myrtle Beach. Uh, the team captains were just uh, picked today, and that's going to be Will Shelton and then Alex Hallman. So it should be fun seeing how uh, those two do. They're going to actually be meeting up later this year at the the match at the Johnson City Country Club in September as opposing foes there. So not the first time and definitely won't be the last that they uh, run into each other. The second match play championship is coming up July 8th through the 10th, and that's in Canton, North Carolina at Springdale. Um, I've played there a couple times, love the course. Um, definitely that back nine uh, will make you pay if you can't keep the tee shots in play. So some of the guys in the league that are going there going to have a little bit tougher of a day than others, uh, especially on the Springdale Spasm. I think it's like hole 14, their number one rated uh, hole difficulty, and it's, uh, it's a bear of a hole. It's over basically got to cross two creeks on the hole. It's about a 440-yard par four that Dog Lake's right with the creek lining another whole side of it. It's just kind of a nightmare. If you want to miss right, it's uh, you're going to have a long day out there. So looking forward to that one. I'm actually going to be playing in that tournament uh, this year. So uh, best of luck to whoever draws me uh, in the first round. I'm coming for you. Um, been, you know, Tyler's been working with me a little bit out there at the range, and so excited to put some of the stuff you show me on uh on display out there so we have our first four-man shootout and that's going to be august 5th through the 7th in crossville tennessee this is going to be a four-man team tournament you're going to have different formats each day um you're going to be trying to earn points for your team uh, against the other four-man teams down there it's going to be a lot of fun um and that's going to be a pretty laid-back tournament that's going to be definitely focused more on hanging out with the dudes and just playing some scramble formats and having a good time after that, we have the second two-man championship, and that's going to be September 3rd through the 5th in Southern Pines. Uh, that's a big hit. Last year, we had uh, Corey Smart and Zach Hill win that. They uh, hopefully aren't playing together again this year because uh, that team, if they're getting off the tee box, as soon as they get within 100 yards of the green, there's no team that has a chance against the two of them, especially with their putting. So hopefully someone can come and challenge them at that this year, um, but that should be an exciting tournament as well. And then lastly, we're going to have our second member guest classic, and that'll be in October. Uh, Some more information still to come on that. All right, so enough of the league notes. Let's go ahead and dive into the fun part of this uh, podcast now, and let's uh, talk with Tyler a little bit. So 
Tyler, you told me a little bit earlier when we talked that you started playing the game in high school. Uh, who introduced you to the game, or was it friends, family? Who was it? Before that, uh, I would play for fun with with my dad and brother. You know, just uh, we would play par three courses. Um, but I, I guess really kind of got me seriously into it was just friends from high school. I had a lot of friends that um, that played on the golf team and. Uh, Got to know those guys pretty well, so um, I, I guess I would say my dad kind of introduced me to my into the game, just like just like everybody else, and um, really got serious into it with uh, with some buddies. That's awesome. When, when I started playing golf seriously, I was actually living in Virginia at the time, right outside of Richmond, and um, those are just a lot of friends that I, I don't really keep up with that much anymore. I, I hate to say it, but <clears throat> with social media, I, I keep in touch with them a little bit, just see what they're doing and and actually they just took a big golf trip to uh kiowa uh not too long ago so it was literally all the guys that i grew up playing golf with um so i think that's amazing that they still keep in touch and take a trip like that and uh they've invited me and just you know with work schedule family it's it's tough for me to go on those trips but uh yeah i agree i think golf kind of brings it's an individual sport um it's competitive but um it definitely uh, you're able to build a lot of long-term relationships and friendships out of golf it's it's great it's better than any other sport in my opinion i agree with that wholeheartedly like i said i grew up playing baseball a lot and and uh i I didn't play too many other sports um but it's mentally uh frustrating it's it's you know, it's more physical than people think. I yep. mean, you're not getting hit or anything like that, but uh, it can take a toll on the body for sure. And, uh, uh, you know, there's something about it um, that it's it's like a cliche uh, saying where if, once you hit a good shot, there's kind of – there's no going back. It's As I've oh, taught yeah. a lot of beginners, you know, it, it keeps them coming back once they finally hit that good shot. So, um uh, and I'm sure everybody's kind of heard that before, uh, but it's true. It really is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just even this last little bit where I didn't hit my driver well, that lesson that we put together at the country club, like once I actually started like kind of getting the hang of what you were saying, it was like, I'm sure you even saw my face once or twice, like kind of light up like, oh, sure. like, oh, that's that's what that's supposed to do. Like that's, that's more fun than just that's- cold topping it or that 180 yard just slice that ends ob or just a nowhere land so i mean it's a great feeling it is i mean it's it's uh it's a great feeling for me and it's a great feeling on on, on, when i say by me me on the side of the teacher right and then me on the side of actually being on that side as a student as well it's it's a fantastic feeling but i uh i uh it's funny how the better you play, the better mood you're in, right? I mean, I oh, see it all the time. Yeah. I mean, people come in and they'll, you know, whatever they want to comment on the speed of the greens or the whole oh, locations stop. or the turf, you know, turf conditions, and and then you know we we get down to the point of of how they played and they played horrible, but then the next day they come in, they're playing great, and they have nothing but compliments on the golf course and and really the golf course hasn't changed at all it's the same condition so it's funny how that is and there's nothing wrong with that i'm not complaining about that it's just uh you know when when somebody asks me you know how do you how do you get people to come back to the game well i mean the truth is is the the if you can get them to play better golf then they're going to come back so as a golf professional we try to we want to see people on the golf course as much as possible and 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 i think you got to have a good teaching program um 
and that, that's a key uh, component of, of getting those rounds of golf increased is if they play better golf, then they'll, they'll want to come out and play more. I, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, when I even look at myself just through playing, I've been playing now for about three, three and a half years. And like, it's kind of weird. I, I'd say once I broke the level of being like under a 20 handicap, I actually, even though I didn't take the game as serious when I was above it, I feel like I got more frustrated with the game just because like the not the ability to not be able to string together good shots when you're watching other people do it. Now I feel like I've broken that mark and I enjoy the game a lot more, but those bad days, they can hurt a lot more. I think once you see the improvements in your game, like it's, I I don't know, I guess when you just expect bad golf, it's just kind of like, ah, whatever, but moving forward and like progressing it, I kind of get the coming off the course with the little frustrated attitude a little bit some days. Um, I'll at least say, I don't think I've ever came in and blamed the course. Uh, I think I've always took full accountability. It's on me. Like I just, I mean, heck the other day when I texted you, I think the course was closed on a Monday for some work, but it rained all day. And you were like, yeah, you can go out and walk, I guess, if you want in the afternoon. And it was pouring the whole time. And I just, I played actually my best nine hole I'd ever played (laughs) at the time in that. But also like, it was just like, I'll play golf and any condition i mean as long as it's not lightning out there i mean a good rain at least in the summer um i think that that's like i'll take it to get out there and play so it is funny how the game just keeps you just depends on the personality right i mean there's a lot of folks that that need to find something that is and and push the blame away from themselves but it's just one of those sports and and don't get me wrong baseball football soccer uh, basketball they're all tough sports but in those sports you're gonna have off games and you're going to have some bad luck and you'll get bad luck in golf but you know my opinion is is when you have something wrong in in your golf swing or your game it it doesn't just flip a switch for the most part the next day it takes work yeah right and and again not not to diminish any other sports and how difficult they are they they absolutely are but <clears throat> it just takes a lot of work and and you know you got to know when you got to work on that but you also got to know when when it's time to you know put the clubs up for a couple of days too yep. you know just to give yourself a mental break oh i think that's really needed at sometimes especially if you're not playing great just yeah putting it up for a couple of days taking a little break it's like at one point it just seems like you're just increasing the frustration level so it's not really you're not going to play good golf when you're frustrated sure i mean you've seen it on the tour nowadays i mean mental health is a big is a big uh, is a popular term right now on the tour, and, and a lot of those guys, it's it's not just golf, but it's the traveling or personal issues or whatever it may be, and uh, they just put it away for a little while, and then I mean for the most part you see those guys. I mean Bubba Watson has been playing some good golf lately, and yep. Matthew Wolf, and those are the guys that were very uh, vocal about mental health and taking yep. some time off. So I, I think it's important to to take time when you need to take time it's just one of those sports it is well let's go ahead and move on let's talk me through your golf career so you kind of gave me a quick rundown uh let's kind of start back at the uh country club of columbus what did your what did your roles look like down there when you were working there well so even, even before then i start uh, uh at, at Asheville, mm-hmm. and then prior to that um the first position i had as a as a professional was 
a place in Bluffton, South Carolina. It's called uh, Colleton River Club, and and uh, started out working outside there, um, uh, just just running carts and uh, bag storage and and uh, the driving range, and then um, worked my way inside as a on the professional level, and then went over to Country Club of Asheville as the assistant. <clears throat> and the role there, and same same position at Country Club in Columbus. Uh, yep. The role there, specifically at Asheville, was um, really just kind of assisting the professional in any way I could. You know, junior clinics or teaching or tournaments or uh, just really trying to uh, to learn as much as I could. I was still yep. very new at it. Um, and then uh, going going to where I went to Columbus, you know, had a little bit more freedom there to be able to 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 do some more maybe with merchandising and, nice. and uh something something at the club that attracted me was the the professional at the time he's not there anymore uh was very big into the pga um yeah. and it was right right as i was getting into the pga apprenticeship and uh, i wanted to to learn more about that to see if i wanted to be the type of professional that would be more involved with the pga you know, even though I am a PGA member, you know, there are members that are more involved with the PGA and it just, sure. really, you know, it's really depends on what your membership wants. Do they want a professional that's going to serve on the PGA board or, or, uh, whether that's local or national, whatever it may be. And, and, uh, and he did, you know, he, he served at, on the, on the section in the Georgia section and, and I wanted to, learn more about that so I was yep. trying to fill some voids in my resume and learned a lot there did a lot of merchandising there did some teaching um, and then from there uh, I, I took a position at Athens Country Club uh, it was very active there I mean we did we had 27 holes 18 of it was Donald Ross oh, that's and, awesome. and nine holes was was a George Cobb and uh, and George Cobb is, is famous for the Augusta National Par 3 and um uh, to me, to me, that place was very busy. We did 36, 37,000 rounds a year. Um, it was very active. And um, so I, I learned how to manage my time a little bit better there. I yeah. uh, did a lot of lessons and played a lot, you know, so my game kind of went to a, a, a different level there. Um, played in a lot more tournaments. Um, well, and, let me and, ask you, what, like when you say your game got to that level, what, what did that look like for you? So, you know, when I first got into the PGA apprentice, you, you have to take a playing ability test, and, and, I, and I took it a couple times. And, and, and you know, I was always a, a decent player. And, you know, I, was, I wasn't great, but I, I wasn't bad. And um, when I went to Athens, I had the opportunity. We had enough staff there where I had the opportunity to be able to practice and play more. Wow, know, I nice. didn't have a lot of shop time there. And uh, – and, what I mean by that was, is I was able to contend in some tournaments, whether that was team atmosphere or or, or uh, individual, and, and uh, you know, became a, a pretty good player. I mean, again, not a great player, but became a better player, more consistent, and uh, just because I had more time to do it, you know, sure, like, um, and enjoyed it, and really kind of, you know, the business definitely takes a toll on you. So for those first couple of years that. We had a small staff at Asheville, so I worked all the time in Asheville yeah. and and uh, Columbus. Small staff, um, you know, didn't work as much there, but but also that's where I met my wife. So I was able to try to find that work life balance there. But when I got to Athens, uh, I, I don't know if I really liked the game that much when I got there. You know, I didn't really want to play. Uh, but worked for a professional that was a great player, still is a great player. Yeah, and he kind of got me back into that. And um, wow. 
That's cool. I definitely learned that, you know, no matter where you are, you need to find time to go practice and play. And I really try to instill that into the assistant that I have now. It's no matter how busy we are, take 30 minutes and go play or go practice. You know, you got to keep your game up. I think it's important to be a good player. That's awesome. That's really cool that you put an emphasis on that. And I'm sure Tyler appreciates that as well, having the opportunity to sure. like slide out there and take some time to do that. Um, how often are you playing nowadays? Nowadays, I mean, we're we're pretty pretty busy right now. So in the last six months, I probably played, haven't played that much. Uh, but last year, you know, I was trying to get out there once a week at least. Okay. And whether that meant go play with members or go – go uh practice uh, I, I don't like to hit balls much it's, it's just too hot during the during the um the season where where i get out there because i have to be at work for the hour so if i go out there and hit in the middle of the day well I'm, my shirt's going to be drenched in sweat and i just sure. i don't want to you know that appearance for uh in front of members i know yeah like going but, back into the sure that's right, after. that's right so uh but i do like to go over to the short game area and hit chips and pitches and and work on that and uh you know, I think that's an extension into the into the longer game too. I think when my short game is better, my longer game is a lot better as well. So uh, I try to. I think once this project is over, once we get past the member guest in July, um, you'll see me on the golf course a lot more. Nice. Uh, personally, really looking forward to the member guest. Um, you know, myself, I've only played in basically charity tournaments and then like my own leagues, uh, like tournaments. So really looking forward to actually like get a play in something that's actually like pretty well put together and ran and by someone else and just kind of getting to enjoy it so i'm uh, bringing justin kelly out there yeah uh i don't know if you've listened to any of our podcasts but he has the nickname max um just because he uh, he can hit the ball really far yeah and when it's going well it's going good uh but on the days that it's off i mean it, it can be off but uh you know, me and him, I think we fully understand we have no real chance of winning this thing, but we're out there to have a pretty good time together. I mean, he's been one of my best friends, was one of my groomsmen in my wedding. Uh, so we've uh, had a pretty good relationship, and he's one of the guys that helps me out in the league a lot. So yeah. wanted to have him out there, and I think we're going to have a great time. So really looking forward to the uh, the member guest tournament this year. Well, you never know. I mean, that, that, uh, a guy that can hit the, uh, the ball a long way in, in the format that we do helps out tremendously. So well, that's all you got to do is win your flight, and then you get to the shootout. So hey, well, I hope that works out because. Uh, Generally, a short game and putting is my strength, yeah. and so if he can just hit the ball and play for us, we'll actually – I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. think it'll be fun. I think we um, finish a lot higher than you, than you think, for sure. Well, I think what will probably happen, too, is both of us are, like, not overly competitive, but we're. I think we're going to come out there with the mindset of, oh, let's have fun, and then a couple holes in – I think there's going to be a little more strategy and some yeah. some encouraging and let's get getting the other one riled up going out there. So it's a it's a good time. I've done two since I've been here. We're changing things up a little bit this year um, with different days and yeah. some um, some others. But it's uh, you got the right idea. Just come out and have fun. I mean that's what it's all about. That's awesome. Um, okay, so what's your favorite thing to do outside of the game of golf? Obviously, I love trying to spend as much time as I can with with my wife and 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 son. Um, he, he's at a great age right now where he uh, he likes to do things. So I, I bring him over to the golf course sometimes. 
will uh, just putt, and then he likes to ride around the golf cart. I'm and sure. And um, just to give give my wife a little bit of a break as well. But um, you know, I, I we we uh, we live on the north side of town, and we have a great house, and I just love trying to take care of that outside of golf and take care of the yard. I, I like doing that stuff. I like I try to stay as busy as I possibly can. And uh, sure. So uh, hanging out with them as much as, as we can or doing some yard work or some housework. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm a big music fan. So I, Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. What's a uh, favorite band? You know, I, really, I know, I'm sure that's an insanely tough question. Yeah, I mean, I got a top five. It's hard, okay. uh, it's hard to rank. I mean, I, I like Jason Isbell, um, whatever he's doing. So Jason Isbell, 400 unit. He used to be with the Drive-By Truckers. Um, Ryan Adams, Band of Forces, uh, guy named John Moreland. He's a, he's not very well known, and um, yeah, uh, Midland country. I like country a lot. So we try to go see shows all the time. I mean, I, That's really I, saw, cool. I saw John Moreland and at the Gray Eagle in Nashville a couple months ago, and we went and saw Midland at Ryman in Nashville over yeah. last winter. So um, uh, when I was living in Asheville, that was fun. I mean, there was a lot of good bands come through Asheville. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I think I'm here sure you they just drive through. They either go. There's some. There's great bands that come here. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. a lot of them go into Bristol or they're driving through to go to Nashville. Um, yep. But just a, you know, it, at night sitting outside listening to music, I, I, I like doing that a lot. Did you ever go to the Orange Peel? I went to the Orange Peel quite often. Yeah, yeah. I figured if yeah. you were up yeah. there, I. Uh, I have not been uh, myself, but I've been told by a lot of my friends that missing out by not going. Um, so that's a great venue. Yeah, yeah, I needed to get up there and get up there for a show sometime. There was somebody told me when I first got here they were going to put um, a, a sister music venue of the Orange Peel called the Lemon Peel here. I heard about that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that if that happens. Was that above, like, Wild Wing? Is that where they were talking about putting that? Or? That's a good question. I don't, I'm not sure where, where they were going to put it, but, man, that would be great. Yeah, it would the be. Orange Peel was fun. Yeah. All right, let's uh, switch this back over to the golf a little bit. Um, so you <clears> talked <throat> about that you're the head pro at the Johnson City Country Club. Let's go ahead and just kind of tell me what your average day looks like. Uh, you know, a lot of our guys, they – they come out and play the golf course and get to enjoy it, but they don't really have an idea probably on what truly goes behind making, making their day seem like it goes seamless and perfect. So tell me a little bit about that for you. Yeah. I mean, you said it right there. It's, it's to try to see, you know, have, have members and guests come in there and not see us work. Just everything's ready for them and everything seems seamless and perfect. And, and uh, it's, it's trying to make everybody that comes on that golf course to have a great experience and um you know i it sounds cheesy i I want people to talk about their day at at the golf course um after after the round. you know i want them to a week later say man i really enjoyed that round the other day or you know and, uh, and as a member you're able to come out there any day but i want them to talk about that i want them to have fun i want them to come out every single day we would love you know we're we're closed on mondays for the most part, we have some play on Mondays uh, in the afternoon, but I want people to come play golf seven days a week. And um, and that happens with just having the right people in the right place. And, uh, man, I'm lucky. I, I have a great staff out there. And and with a lot of people struggling with labor, you know, we, we definitely have our struggles. But I couldn't be more happy with the staff that we have and, and – 
the open-mindedness that they have. And I tell them all the time, I, I say, this isn't about us and what's convenient for us. It's about them. You know, the members are spending their discretionary money on this place and they're coming here to, to get away from their problems, their work problems or their personal problems. So we need to make them have the best time that they can have to get away from that, to distract them from that. So to, to get back to what we, what, what I do on a daily basis, it depends. I mean, I would say on a normal day, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I get to take my son to school every morning. That's awesome. Uh, whether I'm opening the shop or I have somebody opening the shop, I usually get there around eight o'clock yeah. uh, just because he gets dropped off prior to that. And, um, I try to get in front of the computer to answer some emails. That doesn't happen a lot. Sometimes, you know, I'm behind on emails. But um, the the other thing to add on is not only am I the golf professional, but I, I do own the golf shop too. So, uh, which I love. So I, I have two jobs there. I have to take care of the the merchandise and the buying and the accounting for that, and then on top of the duties. So, you know, I really rely on my staff to help me with both. Yeah. Um, but when I get there, I just want to make sure that my staff has everything set up. You know, do they have carts out? Are they clean? Are they lined up correctly? Are they stocked? You know, do we have the range set up? Is it, is it lined up correctly? Is it stocked? Is it, does it look good? You know, it's all about first impressions when you come onto the golf course. So when they pull in, you know, I want them to see a straight line in carts, and I want to see the the range line straight. You know, I'm not sure if you've noticed we put new range equipment out this. I week love it that that I've been working on for a long, long time. And well, that was I, actually I'm a really nice surprise. I came out excited. one day and was just like, "Wow!" I was like, "This it's is a, pretty cool." It's a unique look. The it back is. stands are a unique look. We had those same back stands when I was at Colleton. Uh, they were a little bit different. I modified them a little bit, but that kind of stuff I really like. I like small touches like that. So, um, you know whether that's the the complimentary tees and ball markers and and uh, different repair tools or new bag stands or new range balls or whatever it may be um that's the kind of stuff because people talk about that small stuff oh they do yeah and and when you come into the golf shop there's a cooler with with hopefully stocked full of beverages and and um some sandwiches and we talk about you know doing different sandwiches I, I think that's important i think people talk about that having a signature sandwich at a club but um and then just offering good merchandise in the shop i mean i wish i could stock more and what everybody wanted but um it's a big shop and and uh, uh, i'm having fun with it but um i do like merchandising and i like I, that that's one of my favorite aspects of the business is merchandising and um so I want to make sure the shop looks presentable. Basically, yep. get there, make sure everything's presentable, make sure everybody's getting taken care of. Um, and then from there, you know, whether that's giving some lessons throughout the day, which I, I love doing too, I love teaching, and um, walking the range line. But I, I really just want to be visible. Yeah. And, and seeing people tee off the first hole, talking to them, making sure they're having a good time. I don't do that as much as I should, um, just based on some – uh, things that are going on at the club right now with yeah. exciting stuff. Don't get me wrong, but um, uh, just being visible and just talking yeah. to people. That's, that's my favorite part to it. Well, I'll tell you, uh, just don't ever feel the need to come out and say, Hey to me on the first tee. That's my worst uh, swing of the whole day consistently every time. So don't need that being seen. Uh, I, I fit more worse shots off the first tee than actually, well, number five, 
Um, my miss is right. And so it just uh, forces me to take an aggressive left line sometimes. And like, yeah. I've been getting it a little more straight, but yesterday I just, I've been used to either going straight or a little right. And so I aimed a little too far left and just nailed, it came out a little left and just nailed that tree right there. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then that makes that hole, uh, incredibly long. And that's a, it's a hard hole to pick a line it, on. Um, it really and, is. And we, and we talk about it and. You know, the best thing that we can do is is um, in the distance near the green, we're going to have to put some kind of tall pole yeah. to, to That'd be cool. indicate where the middle of the fairway is. When it's, it's it, for those who haven't played, it's it's a hole that kind of goes uphill then, and then it really dips down to, believe it or not, it used to be like a, a, a dump site back in the day. Wow. And, and, and when we were digging out some of these bunkers, you wouldn't believe the kind of stuff we would find in the ground. And um, so anyway, it's got a huge dip and I'm not, I mean, my words can't do it any justice. It's no, a it's, massive it's crazy. Dip. And you know, because drivers are hit so long nowadays, it doesn't really come into play. I mean, if you hit driver, you usually carry it right over that no, yeah. for the most part when you hit a good one. Um, it, I would love to be able to add like 50 yards of that hole, not to make it harder, but just to, for that, that big dip, to, to come in to play come a little more, play a little bit more. Nice, but it's a hard line to 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 pick. And then, as as far as the first tee, what I love about Johnson City Country Club is the golf shops right there. You can see the first tee, mm-hmm. like th- five steps, and you're on the first yeah, tee. Yeah, that is five so steps. Nice. You're on the tenth. I yeah. can look out the window and see the driving range. Thirteen green, fifteen fairway, sixteen tee box, four tee box, nine green. It's all right there. So. There's, it's not uncommon to have a lot of people watching you hit that first tee shot, and it's a oh, little yeah. nerve wracking. And even when you don't, even if there was nobody else playing that day, you're still going to have staff. I mean, oh yeah, don't get me wrong, we're, we're, we're we see you on the first hole. I mean, we're oh we're I know looking out the window. So it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like Marion, right? I mean, you uh, saw Marion at the Open. Um, you know, their first tee uh, is right there by the dining area. I mean, the outside dining area. I mean, you're if you swing, if you if you took a big lateral move in your backswing you could probably clank the fence that separates the uh the the dining area and the first tee it, that's how close it is so Man. it kind of has that aspect to it so i i love it um uh, but that's a hard hold to pick a line on too you I know mean, it, it really is yeah i i'm i'm impressed with the tree work that we've done on that hole just that cleaning so up the the canopy right there to the right and uh you know like i said before there's still a few trees that that need to be managed but um it it, it is a tough i think the whole golf course is tough to pick a line i mean i really do just in my I, opinion th- there's certain holes that i that just give me fits uh one it just like one i always just struggle on for whatever reason um five is always tough six is tough for me too um Especially if I'm trying to struggle, if I'm trying to play, trying to how aggressive I'm going to play, if I'm trying to lay up or if I'm trying to just crank as much distance up there. And I've gotten into some tough spots on that hole. And, again, if the right miss comes into play, that's just a terrible – like it's two back-to-back bad holes to have a right miss on, I feel like, for five and six. Yeah. Yeah. And so generally I try – I feel like I generally try to play a smarter move off of those holes, just knowing that like it's not worth missing your ball a mile right. Like sure, it's, it's mean, like can, it's like sure it's fun to try to go for it, but you certain can take times. less than driver off of five. Oh yeah, and I think that's a good play. Um, and then that that hill does come into play, and if you hit it, it'll it'll shoot you forward pretty good. And yep. then 
you know, six six is six is challenging. I, I think that six is, and, and right now we're not going to touch six um, until until fall and winter. Um, okay. Just because I don't, there's just some mound work around the green that we have to do. But okay. Um, and I know that this would, you know, probably make some some tree lovers mad. But really, to make that hole good. Please you would me. have to take out all the trees on the left side. Yes. Oh, I mean, that, I mean that's and just the best and news just I've go heard. ahead. Now that doesn't mean it's going to happen. So I mean, I don't, well, I don't want people to think that that's the plan because <laughs> it's not. Well, I'm but, I'm voting for that to be but, the plan. But um, it, 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 unfortunately, there's no there's no amount of limbing that can be done. You have to take them all out, and then you know what? Just make it a drivable par four. Yep. And and I love drivable par fours. They're so fun. Sixteen. I mean, I mean, I I don't ever seem to seem to play sixteen that great, but I love sixteen. Sixteen is great. I like mean, it's just like it's I, my favorite hole. I um, love sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I just absolutely love that finish every time, and it is weird. Like talked about the nerve. Like I just have a lot of nerves off of T box number one, which is weird because I get the ten and I'm like, all right, this is my hole. Yeah. Like no, because I've already started the round. <laughs> sure. It's that opening one of the round and like. It always seems after I've hit six good drives in a row on the range, and I'm like, all right. And then I start thinking about it. I'm like, no, dude, you just need to hit the ball. But by the time I get to 18, I feel like I'm usually kind of in my game. And I actually love having when there's members up there on yeah. the patio. Because yeah. when you hit a good shot, like, I don't, sure. it just feels good. Yeah. Um, I've also hit some less than stellar ones up there, but uh, – you know, it's it's fun. I think that finishing little section where they can watch you tee off on sixteen, play it coming up eighteen. It's just it's a lot of fun. They can see you on seventeen green down there too. Well, um, and that's kind of you know, for one, it's it's one of the best views in Johnson City. It is. I mean, from sixteen tee box from the patio. And, and again, I'm biased, but I, I love it's that amazing. Um, and that goes back to to tree work, right? I mean, I love hardwoods. I love them. Uh, I think they're great, and and for any hardwoods that are taken down in this project, we're going to try to reuse them. Whether that's make some natural benches out of them, or uh, in the future, you know, mill them and and make some tables. I mean, you notice in my yep. golf shop, there's a table in there that's some some live edge. Yep. I love that. Yeah. But there's pine trees on the left of 16. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all need to come down, and here's why: because you can sit on that patio and see every shot. Oh, yeah. That's hit on 16, 17, 18. And that's where we, uh, of course, that's where we do the shootout during any any tournament that we have a shootout okay. on 16, 17, 18. And oh, it's hard awesome. to argue not, you know, is it the best holes handicap wise? No, it's not. You know, uh, but it's great. We use it because oh, it's, it's right there. I well, mean, it's perfect. You got the patio, you got the 19th hole, it's easy access to there. Yeah. And you can sit on the patio and basically watch. Now, with the trees there, you miss 17 T yeah. shot, yeah. but you see everything from 16, you see 18, and you see 17 on the green. So, um, I feel like they'll bring the pond more into play, too, down there. Um, yeah. With, I mean, the, with the trees being gone and like. We've already done 18, right? I mean, yeah. We did that. 18 a year is ago. so good. And 16 and 17 are extremely important during this renovation. Yeah, because it's it's got to be good three finishing holes. So, I'm excited what we're gonna do on 16, and I'm and I'm a, I'm getting excited about what we're gonna do on 17. Um, there's still a couple things in question about 17's design, sure. but um, you know the original green on 17 was up on the hill to the right. To no the way. Of the car path. Yeah, a long time ago. So, oh wow. But so we you know we're messing around with the 
placement of a couple bunkers on 17. Sure. But so I'm starting to get excited. But 16 is such a fun hole um, because you have players that can take three wood or driver and get it on the green, and yep. you, and then you have a lot of players that don't even mess with that and just hit it to 100 yards with some kind of mid to long iron. So. We have to, you know, it's important during this renovation to make strategy key just because of the distance of the golf course. It's, yep. it's 6,400 yards now. You know, we could squeeze a couple more hundred yards, but that's not my, that's certainly not my goal. Yep. Um, I, I think we need to embrace that we have 6,400 yards. There's not much more of those around. Um, I actually, and, I and, love that about it. Yeah, it's great. It's and so, I'm not, it's awesome. It's got a lot of character and I'm not, I'm really, and this is again, just my personal opinion. I'm not big into trying to make the golf course harder that's not what we're trying to do we're, we're trying to make it more playable but um you know wider fairways and and uh, and that's the trend right now but i i think just trying to get it back but but anyway going back to uh to to 16 17 it, it's it's going to be really important for us to to make those um a good finishing holes yeah those are going to be great um a couple of things i kind of wanted to just touch on about your day-to-day stuff um the shop mm-hmm you know, I go into, I, I've had the, I guess the luxury of getting to play some pretty cool places around here and just throughout the areas. And, um, I know like one of my favorite courses is Caledonia and I really like it, but you know, Caledonia is a public top 100 course and like everything about their place is awesome from the dining on it. The 18th mm-hmm. hole my I mean, that might be my favorite golf yeah. hole anywhere. Uh, hitting into that was my first like course that I played that was like nicer than warriors and like pine oaks and so I'd only like warriors and cattails might have been the nicest two courses I had played when I went and played Caledonia Mm -hmm. and I went and played with my brother-in-law Alex and I remember we both were just like what did we get ourselves into like this is way above our skill level and like it was nice we both kind of played up that day which made it really memorable and we got paired with this guy I remember we kind of laugh about it still. His name was Ed. He was like the 76-year-old dude that was like a two handicap and like these two high 20 joker handicaps like rolling up. And Alex tops his tee shot like 50 feet into the weeds and then hits his next one, same thing. He was just so nervous. And Ed goes, ah, you know what? He said, you don't seem like you're really here for your personal, uh, like, you know, like not, not, not taking this too serious. And Alex is like, no, he said, I'm really just learning how to play. And he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to hit one. He hits it awesome. He said, I think your ball's up there next to mine. Why don't you just come on out here and play? And he was a member there and he made us feel, I've never felt someone make us feel so welcome. And after that, like all the nerves were gone because this guy, I mean, just three times our age almost was just the nicest guy, the most welcoming and made it awesome. But kind of going back to my original point, Caledonia's pro shop, I just, it gives a little work and there's other ones I've been to. Like you go to some of these courses and they're nice courses, but it's like, the merchandise is lacking. We go into the country club. I remember when I first came in for my practice round, I even was like, what the hell? Like, I was not expecting this from in here. Like, I feel like your guys' merchandise selection is as good as any pro shop I've been into. So knowing that you're the one that really puts the work into making that happen, thanks. Because, like, it's nice going in there. I mean, I definitely have a few polos and pullovers yeah. myself just because I'm like, that's just, I mean, great styles, holderness and born probably my favorite golf uh golf uh clothing company yeah. to rep and so you guys always have their stuff in there which is nice and as well as going back to the stuff like on the driving range and the carts being lined up just 
who I am. I kind of notice things like that. And yeah. so the other day I came out and we played on Memorial Day with some buddies and I forgot my sunscreen. And I was like, damn it. Like, nah, it was hot that day. Sure. Not a good day to not have sunscreen. That's right. And then I'm looking up there and I'm signing up for the little proximity contest knowing I'm basically just giving my 10 bucks away to someone else. <laughs> and I look over and I'm like, huh, there's sunscreen here. Wow, this was too nice. And that, like, that saved me. Yeah. And so... I mean, it's little things like that. And then going out to the range when I first saw the new T markers, yeah. I was, or like, like where the bag areas, bag stands. Yeah. Bag stands yeah. And I was just like, man, like, <clears throat> this feels like something you see at a fancy country club. Like when I went up to Macklemore, Primwin, some of these places, like, it's the little things that make a world of a difference and like kind of just set you off on the right expectation yeah. of what the experience is going to be. And so. I mean, you know, I have a lot of guests that come out and play with me yeah. out there and like all the time, same compliments wow this place is like i mean because people just i think they look at the area of town it's in and they sure. maybe don't expect the most and then like they get here and like wow you guys golf shop's crazy like i've never seen this much like stuff in there to choose from and then it's this and that and now that the bunker renovations are going on people are like okay you got yourself into a good situation over here um i mean the course is like really just excited for the direction it's going and all like the little small things you do so they're appreciated um and it goes a long way putting, I think, that extra time into uh, making the course great. I enjoy it. I, I, those those small things like that. I, I really enjoy trying to trying to think outside the box a little bit. Uh, and and the professional I worked with at Athens was really really good at that uh, at thinking outside the box and thinking of some small stuff like that. And um, uh, we're we're lucky that Steve Foster is our superintendent. Oh, he's great. Uh, I mean, and and really hasn't even scratched the surface on what that course is going to be. Um, we're very excited with the project. I'm more excited about the conditions of the golf course. Oh, well. It's, like I said, not even scratched the surface. And I like to think that we really haven't scratched the surface in the golf department either. Uh, you know, the golf shop, uh, I love it. It's It's big, but, you know, I went in there and I'm the – type of person that just tries things and then changes it if it doesn't work instead of really thinking through it so i painted that golf shop three times before i liked the okay. color on the walls um and then just figured out what type of theme i wanted to do in there yeah. okay and you know it's an older club and if you go into a lot of older golf shops like if you went into augusta national golf shop which not a lot of people have been in there i haven't been in there i've seen a couple pictures and they have the old fixtures okay? yeah. and and it fits there right and i love that and we could have went that way it's hard to put character back the the way the where the golf shop is now is kind of a newer addition but if yeah. you went where our bag room is you've seen it mm -hmm. that's where the original golf shop was oh wow so you know it's hard to put that character back so it's like all right well what kind of theme do i want in here well I took a lot of inspiration from William King's place in downtown Bristol. Sure. You know, the color that he has in there and a lot of the fixtures that he has in there and love to do some of that live edge look and some of the bare wood, you know, the natural wood look. And then I have that, that black color on the walls. And um, I'm even, <laughs> I'm even thinking about what color slat wall I want next year. And I've already figured that out. So we'll be painting over the winter, the slat wall okay. and, uh, and changing that a little bit, but, uh, I love doing that. And that starters box that we had out there with the sunscreen, I mean, 
I'm just I'm not reinventing the wheel. That that's been done before. But like, what else could we throw in there? Okay, well let's let's throw some chewing gum in there. Let's throw some. Yeah, some y'all are getting carried away. Like, over what here. else? I, love I mean, it. you know, you could put Advil in there. You could yeah. do whatever. Uh, but like, what else? I mean, I, I'm always. I mean, I've reached out to professionals and said, okay, what do you put in your Starbucks? Like, what's something outside the box that we could put in there that people don't know they need until they see it, and they're like, yeah. oh man, I really need that. Yeah. And I don't know what that is, but I can tell you that if there's a spot in the box, we're going to put it in there. But it's got the normal stuff of teas, and we have three, you know, that's the other thing. We have three different types of teas, right? I mean, I brought in the medium size, and then somebody said, hey, do you have anything longer? So I started bringing in the longer size, and then I started bringing in the par three size. And maybe that's a little bit too much, but I like the fact that um, there's choices, right? And um so anyway, I like I, I, I'm having fun with it, and 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 I like like I was saying with Steve, and Steve would agree, it hasn't scratched the surface on the golf course, uh, but we haven't. I don't think we've scratched the surface on on what we're doing in the in the golf operations, and and I don't know that answer, but I think about it every single day, and and going back, and I and I know this is a long answer. I'm I'm sorry, but oh, you're uh, good. going back to what you said about Caledonia, right? You said I've never had such a, a more welcoming feeling. Well. I said it I said it in a newsletter that came out yesterday and I say it all the time. And I don't blame them, but I have a lot of members that come in and say, "Hey, you need to go to this golf course. It's the best experience you'll ever get. It's so great. The golf course is great and it is great." Yeah. I want them to say that about Johnson City Country Club. I want them to say, "Oh man, Caledonia, great place, great experience, felt super welcome, but it's not home." Right, it's not Johnson City Country Club. That's what I want. So I, I certainly don't blame you. I've played Caledonia. It's a great place. Yeah. You're absolutely right about everything. But I want at the end of the day, I want you to say, man, this is great. It's not as good as as Johnson City. Oh, I th- I love. And I'm not saying you don't yeah. think that. Oh, but that no, that's the I, feeling I that do. we want. Yeah. You know, that's what I want all the members to say. Yeah. And trust me, there's places I go play all the time. I mean, Johnson City is my favorite golf course. And, and again, it's just because I work there and I love it. I mean, it doesn't it yeah. doesn't matter if I didn't work here, um, I would still love it. But I have I have clubs that I go to that I'm like, this is really yeah. really really good. Yeah. And then I steal stuff from them. <laughs> hey, that's genius. I uh, I mean, that's really the vibe I'm starting to get from it. Is like, I mean, I showed up in November. Uh, I think it was like partially green for two days and then was dormant for the next like five months of my membership. So that was fun. And then, but even then I was like, all right, I love this place. And I think like, I really do like the short game area. Uh, I mean, I like our range, but the short game area, I love to just go down and hit a bucket or two and just like, sometimes I'll just come out for like 35 minutes out of my day. Like I got done with this a little early before dinner. I'm going to go out there and just hit a little bit. It's just nice. Um, definitely feel welcomed and so i mean it, it's i definitely consider it home now even though i haven't been there a long time um i love also on that same note like playing new courses i think oh, yeah. i love playing new courses but it's, it's really game. nice to have a home place that you value um and like really get a call home and be like a member at so that's pretty cool for the area that we have it's a great we utilize the space pretty good in my opinion right it's a small agree. range. i mean it's 200 yards long great short game area needs a little bit of work the putting green's fantastic but yep. just to utilize the space to give you an idea I, you know in the next year um we have the equipment now or steve has the equipment where 
you know, in between 13 green and the driving range, I want to put a tee box and to be able to hit 100 yards and end out to the driving range, you know, because the, wow. the issue with our driving range is it's it's tiered up. So when you yep. hit these shorter shots, you can't see the ball land. Yep. So when – and I'll have to show you next time you're out there, but there's a position in between 13 and, and the driving range tee where it's flat all the way to the 100-yard wow. post. And I want to put ten yard increments so we can have a wedge here. It's about utilizing as much space as we can. And okay. and uh, you know, I, I played uh, Ballyhack in Roanoke. I don't know if you've played there, but there's a um, it's in Roanoke, Virginia. It's a great place. Yeah. I played there a couple times. And the cool thing they have there is you go play in regulation, and then you can go back and play the same golf course or hit into the same greens. And they put small tee boxes right off the cart path. Uh, 100 yards and then you can go back and play it as a par three. Oh, that's, that's something cool. that I want to go do. I mean, it's easy to go do that at the club. And if you do you that, just put it gonna, in different oh. angles, right? So you're hitting yeah. into different angles and it's not hard. And, yeah. and then there you go. You got a par three course. And um, so it's just doing stuff like that, thinking outside the box a little bit. I mean, Jeez. everything costs money and yeah. we want to stay within budget, but, you know, really just going in there and indicating where another tee box could be and going back around and be able to play it as a par three, well, that just keeps you on property longer. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, like, I'm not one of those guys that says, you know, I want you to stay here so you spend more money. No, I just want you to stay here so you can play more golf, right? And you go and and you play 18 holes, and then you go back around and play as a par three. I mean, it would be great. So, you know, just stuff like that. Steve probably gets annoyed with me because every day I'm like, oh, I'm hey, sure we should do this. Or, hey, man, we should do that. Like, <laughs> we're talking about, we're getting to the point now where we're talking about mowing lines. Now that the green surrounds are a lot different, we're talking about how we're going to mow around the greens. And I'm a big proponent of, of fairway height anywhere and everywhere. And he likes a little bit more definition with rough and fairway. So we're trying okay. to find that middle ground of, I love when greens, uh, runoffs collection areas feed into other tea boxes okay you know and and so we're having fun with that but he's probably getting annoyed because i'm like well you know <laughs> get, hey, I'm like, give me that spray paint gun let me let me show you what i'm talking about and he's like man this guy's taking my spray paint gun and and just doing it what is he doing so that's funny uh, i love steve we have a great relationship and he and i'm i'm happy i really am glad that he lets me lets me have as much freedom as i do to be able to tell him stuff like that there's a lot of superintendents that wouldn't uh, we just had that relationship, so uh, that's great. Uh, he's a great guy. Well, let's go ahead. We got a couple more questions here. Um, best uh, golf memory you have? I mean, you know, you said that hole in one was kind of neat, but yeah. what uh, what's that best like that core memory or something you really hold on to? I, I think that uh, it just like you said, playing different places. I, I've I've been lucky to play some great golf courses and. Uh, I can't hold on to one. I mean, uh, this past year I was able to play Congaree Golf Club mm. um, in South Carolina. That was a great experience, great golf course. Uh, Ballyhack was a great experience, great yeah. golf course. Played there a couple times. Um, I caddied at uh, at uh, Kinlock Golf Club in Richmond during college, and, okay. and we were able to play that a couple times. That was fun. Caddying there was really fun. I mean, that was a great memory. Caddying was, was awesome. Um, so just places that I've played um, – Going to the Masters a couple of times was always good. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sure that's not the so, worst experience. So it's just not not one, but but just many different things. I mean, my one of my favorite golf courses is Palmetto Golf Club, and, and um, it's in South Carolina, right outside of Augusta, and um, it's an Alistair McKenzie. So it's, it's kind of like what Augusta National looked like before okay. we started doing all the work with uh, 
with flaring the bunkers and, and uh, everything that you see now on TV. So um, just playing those different golf courses. I, I love playing old golf courses. That's cool. I'm sure that's why, I mean, you like Johnson well, City then. Three, you know, College and River was a was they had 36 holes. It was uh, uh, Pete Dye and Jack Nicklaus, great golf courses. I mean, really, 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 really good. And then ever since then, uh, the three out of the four that I've worked at are Donald Ross courses. And then this one is uh, A.W. Tillinghast, or most of it at least. Yeah. So I do love playing old golf courses. But, yes, that is what it mostly attracted me to this place. That's awesome. Um, so we talked about a, kind of a little bit already in some touching where we got the bunker renovations going on out the course and we've been doing some tree management. Kind of walk me through just some of the stuff behind the course renovation that maybe the average person wouldn't expect that goes into it and sure. maybe where we started and where you kind of see it going. So it, it started um, when I first got here. I, I think it was always in everybody's mind that our bunkers, the last time that our golf course was really touched was in 1987-ish. And um, and they, they made the bunkers, back then it was a popular look, they made the bunkers really big and, and flaring and and uh, so we wanted the goal to this was to to make it more playable you know we had a lot of bunkers that were huge and unplayable just because of the condition of them they were they were uh, getting um, a lot of red clay mixed in there the drainage was was um, really mediocre in them and uh, so that was the thing was just to get them uh, more playable so um, when I got there you know, a lot of a lot of folks asked, well, you know, what what did this course need? And and along with the the golf chairman at the time, he's still a member. Um, we you know we needed to do a bunker renovation. So uh, we're lucky that COVID um, really helped uh, golf a lot, and um, we're able to take this opportunity. Feel very blessed and and lucky to to have the opportunity to do this and to be a part of it. And there's a lot of hands in there, and and. Uh, um, started back in April. We started on, on one of the greens. Our goal was to do two or three um, holes at a time, and um, we're about to we're about to go towards the back nine now and have everything or mostly everything ready by member guest. Um, but it's it's just been you know the first couple holes we worked on were trouble just because. Um, a lot of dirt was being moved, and then now that we're moving forward, we're moving less dirt. So they're, you know, we're able to knock knock a hole out, um, you know, three or four days. Um, so it, it, the goal was to to make them more playable, um, uh, to make them better looking aesthetically, and then maintenance free or not maintenance free, but less maintenance on them, and then uh, and then really try to capture what A. W. Tillinghast did. Um, the front nine, four through nine, wasn't done by A.W. Tillinghast, so we were able to kind of do what we wanted to do back there, but also try to make it look uh, very, very tilly as much as we could, um, just based on some courses that he did around that time. Um, Somerset Hills was, was done around the time that he did ours, so we kind of looked at a lot of Somerset Hill pictures and see how he did bunkers back then and uh, had the freedom to do that. Um, and then um, as we're making our way to the back, that's the original nine. So um, we're able to go back and look at 
aerials from the 30s and 40s about what it looked like now. At, at the time, Theo Webster, who was the first golf professional, he was the first superintendent as well. So he went in there and added some bunkers and and uh, adjusted the routing um, as, as he saw. Uh, the membership put a lot of trust in him to be able to do that. Um, but we, we have somewhat of an idea of kind of what it looked like. And, and we're lucky that we have a couple features that Tilly did. You know, we have a double dog leg, which is 15. That's a signature. Yep. We have a tiny Tim, which is a short par three. That's that's well has, you know, and, and probably number two because 17 yep. was, was up on the hill, the original one. Sure. And then 18 is a boundary hole, which is which is exactly how 18 is laid out. It's got a couple bunkers surrounding the green. Um fairway bunker and then out of bounds on the right side yeah um, so we hope on the back nine and a lot of this won't be able to get done um in this month before the member guests but in the fall and the winter hopefully create a uh, tilly did a um, signature called a great hazard which um, you see a lot on balter straw and philly cricket club and um beth page black um, it, it's a par five that has uh, some kind of forced carry either on your approach or on your tee shot that uh, is, is goes across the fairway or one side of the fairway that uh, makes you question what club to hit. But it's either bunkered or rough or above ground features. And we have that opportunity to do that on number 13. As you know, on the right oh, yeah. side, there's that little big, big hill right there. Yep. Well. You know, the plan, the, the perfect plan would be to go in there and cut some a cluster of bunkers to try to, um, to try to, Ow. your eye would kind of go over there. You know, a lot of longer hitters can have that ability to carry that. And, sure. and I think this is going to kind of help them question what club they want to hit. And then for the, um, for the average hitters, they can, um, they can just hit down the left side. So, um, we're going to have fun with that, but, but mainly just make them more playable and, and less maintenance. I mean, we were spending, thousands of dollars every year maintaining those bunkers to, to look mediocre. I, I think that's crazy because I don't think the average person would assume that there's that much time and money spent into just maintaining average bunkers. But now we're going to have some that look way better, easier to maintain. So yeah. it's, it's a win-win all around for both sides, especially as there's just other projects you want to get to. You're not going to be so tied up with your maintenance team rolling and messing around in the bunkers and trying. I mean, I saw – it's such a noticeable difference. We had a lot of rain pretty recently. And the ones that were recently done compared to the ones that just hold the standing water, it's like, okay, this is going to be excellent. They're so, properly drained. They're flat-bottomed. You know, they don't have flash faces, more grass-faced. Um, and they're smaller. I mean, you know, believe it or not, the, the square footage of the bunkers before was, was over 65,000 square feet. Some of those bunkers were bigger than the greens themselves. Oh, I mean, was it number fourteen? Yeah, I feel like that bunker on the left is just like it's, colossal. It's the same size. I mean, yeah, I mean it's massive. Um, and then we're going down to below thirty thousand square feet. No, oh. and adding bunkers, we'll have more bunkers than we did before. I love it. So it, it's smaller. They look better. They're more modern, and they drain. And and you're right. You know, I mean, think about it. if we had a hard rain doesn't matter how many inches it's just a hard rain it would take days to go out there and push all that sand back up on the face and then um and then rake them and they would still look terrible because it's it was getting um 
they were getting mixed in with the red clay because the drainage was clogged. So all yeah. that sand and, and filth was just mixing in. And, and when every time they rake or turn it over, it would just keep turning that red color. And, and it really, it was, it was very, uh, it's a little demoralizing, right? Those guys put in hours and hours of work and it would still look, you know, not that good. And, and it's not because of, uh, of their their ability it's it's just because of the the shape of the bunker so all that labor hour all those labor hours they don't get pushed aside they just get put into smaller details sure right so i mean which makes a difference yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff out there that needs the details that are being lacked because of the uh of the bunker so we we plan to move that or steve does steve steve will take care of his guys and make sure they get put onto uh to other spots of the golf course that need that attention so I'm, I'm excited. Like I said before, Steve hasn't even scratched the surface. The conditions of the golf course are going to, over the next two years, it's it's going to be amazing. Really? Yeah. You think it's going to be that much better than where it already is? I, I mean, I, I'm I think, I'm immensely I, impressed by where it's at right now, sitting great. in uh, mid, what I guess just early June, coming out of May. But I feel like about two or three weeks ago, I was like, man, this is, this is excellent out here. And it, well, and you know, and that's kind of the time of the year, right? May's a tough ye- uh, month because it's kind of the transition month. So, and then there's all of a sudden, you get the perfect temperatures, and then boom, everything kind of clicks. I mean, the greens about a week ago really took. Uh, a turn for the best yep. and um so that's kind of the time of the month but i know exactly what you're talking about but yes i, I do think that it's going to get tremendously better than it already is and and steve just has that mindset you know kind of like me but but maybe even more so where he's never satisfied and and uh, he he uh that i mean our golf course is is going to improve uh immensely i'm i'm very excited with the conditions of the golf course that we're going to have um in the next few years well, that's that's really encouraging because I mean I'm I'm already really excited. Uh, some of the guys that have came out and played a couple times with me this year, they're like, wow, like we enjoyed it back in March, but like th- this is just a completely different game out here now, getting to play. So I mean, I'm sure they're going to be excited to hear about these, um, like the the part threes potentially on some of the holes, yeah. um, just the better conditioning, all the little more projects. Um, if you're ever looking for a suggestion, which I'm sure you get plenty of them. One I thought of, and I think you mentioned it kind of was the benches. Um, one of my favorite golf experiences was my round at uh, Mid Pines. It was mm-hmm. with my buddy Justin Fawn, one of my best friends, and me. First time we had ever taken a caddy, um, carried our bags, and it was just like we took the full experience. We were like, all right, we're going in on this, pushing the chips in. Uh, we played 36 there that day, and one of our favorite features hands down were just the little benches by the tee boxes and just like there'd be a couple times we just we we actually took a cart for the back uh, 18 we weren't that brave to walk 36 that day but uh there'd be times we and we were the last group out there for the day and weren't being pushed for sunlight and so we were just a couple times we would just sit down on the bench for just a couple of minutes before we hit a tee shot and crack open a beer and just be like damn dude like this is this is it and so i feel like those benches getting to sit down sometimes sure especially where i like to walk um you're not really using it i feel like for rest as much sometimes it's just getting to kind of take in the being outside and it's beautiful out there so um those I feel kind like that of would course be... accessories are important i mean we i i agree those and those are the small touches you were talking about before i i, I uh you know a lot of these so first of all, I, I know trees are sensitive, but the the fact of the matter is, is in certain areas on the golf course, trees have to come down, 
because we need better turf quality. Now, um, you know, not to get into too much detail, but um, previously when trees were cut down on the golf course, not a lot of post work was done to them. So we have Steve has a, a big, uh, a long road ahead of him to to not only take care of the trees that we've come down in this project, but previous trees too to take care of grind the stumps properly uh you know till the dirt up and and put sod down so we can actually grow grass i mean it's hard to argue about cutting a tree down to get better turf when we don't have better turf because we didn't do the proper post work so the point i'm getting to is all these trees that potentially come down i mean we have big hardwoods that may or may not come down or that have already come down and and I'm like, well, you know, we need to keep those and we need to, or you don't, you know, we don't have the capability to move it. So why don't we just roll it over here to this tee box, bring a chainsaw over, cut it in half or cut it in a quarter out of it and make it a natural bench. Right. Yep. You know, I'm sure you noticed on four tee box, the, the oak came down. Now, yes. That was dead. That was completely dead. It was a dangerous hazard in the trunks there. And I'm like, well, we're going to have to stare at this trunk. So why don't on a rainy day, we'll come out, Steve will come out. And we'll try to carve this up a little bit, make a bench facing the tee. And on the backside, I can put a water cooler and like yep. a, a, a bucket of teas or something. And I was like, well, let's just use that. I mean, yep. that rustic look is very popular right now. Oh, it is. And I don't want it to look too, too rustic. But I mean, I've seen, I haven't had the opportunity, but I've seen pictures uh, with Instagram nowadays. You can see what all these clubs are doing that you will never have the opportunity. I'll never have the opportunity to go play cow club. Ever, yeah. I, I mean, maybe, but uh, probably not. You're not banking not. on it. Probably not. I yeah. probably won't even go to California. But anyway, <laughs> looking on Instagram, I'll be able to see what they're doing without ever going there. And yeah. one of the things that they do is they do stuff like that. I mean, on their first tee, they have a big eight-foot, you know, whatever kind of tree it is, and they cut a quarter of it, made it a bench, and put towels in there, and they were able to, you know, cut a box out of it and make a cooler out of it. Wow. And those, that that stuff like that, natural benches, I'm sure you noticed the benches we put on the driving range. Yeah. You know, that's great. I, I like that look, you know, where it's got it's got a rustic look, but there's a little bit of a modern look to yep. it as well. But, you know, if we can go more natural and, and you know, Steve, when the time is right, we're so busy right now with the project, but when the time is right, we'll go around and we'll mark where we need to have what I would like to call like amenity areas. And that's where a ball washer is going to be a trash can and maybe a water cooler or something. And we found these great in ground, um, trash cans that you just hit the lid with your, hit the pedal with your foot. It pops up, you throw it away. And because it has yeah. that, so it's a cool look and it sits flush with the ground and cause nobody likes the look of a, of an open trash can with trash just flowing out of it. So, I'm excited to put those little touches because I, I think that's the stuff that people see. Um, and I think that it can hide um, course conditions sometimes. I think that a course can just be okay, but when you have stuff like that, oh. it kind of hides it a little yep. bit. So, And not to say that we have something to hide, but those small touches are extremely important. You know, we're, yeah. we have discussions about what kind of steps we're going to do right now most of our steps are railroad ties which 
you know, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's an okay look. I'm not a huge fan of it. We kind of adopted that. But the, the bad thing is, is they get slippery when it's yep. wet outside yep. and it becomes dangerous and they move. So, you know, Steve and I talk about every day, like, what are we going to do? You know, uh, what kind of steps? And, and that's important. A lot of people just, I think the railroad ties were just kind of an afterthought. I was kind of like, sure. okay, well, we're just going to go put them in there so we have some steps, right? Well, you know, Steve and I need to figure out what the best way is to do that. Do we need to put rock down? Do we need to put crush and run down and and line it with some stones, whatever it may be. Um, But to to get back to what you said about the benches at at Mid Pines, I mean, those – that stuff is great. I mean, I love that stuff. And, yep. and we want to incorporate more benches on the golf course. And I would love to see more walkers on the golf course. Yeah. It's a great walking golf course. I think that's pro- that was like for me when I was at the point of like looking to join um, here in town, basically going out to Blackthorn or Johnson City. I was like, okay, like what do I value in a golf course? Me and myself knowing my skill, not, not the longest hitter in the world. And Blackthorn can just kind of play pretty, pretty long some days. Sure. And then – when I looked at it too. Um, houses don't like having a ton of houses on the golf course, Correct. and yeah. Johnson City really has like one real hole. I feel like that actually has like three, like lining down the right hand side. But the trees and the fence and like I don't even feel like it's that big of a deal. And so um, that was it. And then my third biggest thing was like I, I mean you probably see it, I prefer to walk sure. over. I mean I'll ride. I don't I'm not, don't twist my arm. But like if it's, especially if it's just myself, I'm coming out the walk. And it's such a great walking. Like, I love the walk out of Johnson City. It's, like, not overly challenging, but there's a couple of hills that kind of make you feel like you're more than just, like, kind of cruising around. But it's just a really pleasant um, uh, walk overall. So, no, I, I agree. I, I think Blackthorn is a great golf course. It great is. condition. Mike Davenport does a really good job over there. And, uh, you know, I, I consider him a friend. He, he actually worked outside of Athens at Reynolds Plantation um, before he came up here. And uh, so, anyway, great golf course, but it's no. no secret. It's not a walkable golf course at all. Not at all. I mean, like you the, can, you, but good luck, right? Your rounds would take an uh, awfully long time out there. If and that's you were that character them. going back to an old golf course, right? I mean, a lot of the greens were close to the next tee yeah. so, because they didn't have golf court, uh, yeah. golf carts. So, uh, you know, that's, that's something that does separate us, right? I mean, uh, we're able to have two – good private golf courses in town and and they need to be different and, they do. and if yeah. you um and, and and i think they both have great things going on at both um and i would never ever uh bash what they're doing over there i think like i said mike mike's a great guy and he does a good job over there they have a good programs and and uh, a lot of stuff going on but if if you like walking, our golf course is definitely easier to walk. Yep, and that's where for me being a member at Johnson City's great. And then I got buddies like Brad Nagley who are kind enough to have me out and play at Blackthorn, and so it's a great course to treat yourself and get to play every now and then. And really, I feel like for me, like really kind of measure my game up against last time I was there, how I play and stuff. I feel like it's a challenging course, and sure, it it's is. really nice to get tried out there on that. Well, guys, uh, that's kind of uh, the wrap-up of our interview questions. We're going to go ahead and switch over to our hazard time segment, which is going to be just five minutes of kind of rapid-fire questions. Um, Tyler, if you want to ask a couple to me in return and put me on the spot, you can if you have one or two. But we'll go ahead and uh, start that now. All right, Tyler, uh, walking or riding? Ride. Ride. Why is that? Because I'm lazy. That's fair enough. Overweight. Okay. Uh, Mountain or ocean golf? ocean why is that 
uh, mountain golf has too many elevation changes, so I, I don't like that. So they're pretty, they're pretty, but I don't like that. So combine having the walk a mountain golf course, and that just sounds like your least favorite time ever. Absolutely. Okay. Um, <laughs> best score? Uh, sixty-eight. Jeez. We're, at Athens. Man, mm-hmm. uh, what did you say if you went out and shot right now on an average day? What what type of score are you posting? Anywhere from uh, a seventy-two to an eighty-two. <laughs> Okay, so on my absolute best day, I stand a very minimal shot. So that's that's encouraging. But it just at depends least... on how how good I'm hitting the irons. If I'm hitting the irons well, then I'll play well. What's the what's the best part of your game? Uh, probably short game around the green. Just, just like kind of like the short side. Yeah, like I mean, I'm thirty I've yards also in. Been a, yeah, decent putter too. You know. Yep. But so irons is definitely the weakest part. Well, that was kind of my next question: is yeah. what was what's the weakest part? So uh, definitely irons. Yeah. Um, so how's the tee box game? With that being said, so I guess maybe part three is not your favorite, but um, you know, I I drive the ball okay. You know, I'm not I'm not short, I'm not long, and and I can and and, and I can hit some fairways. So I'm a, I'm a decent driver. Awesome. Uh, you love Johnson City. You've gotten uh, you. You work there. You love the course. Where's Where's that next course for you? If you If you're told, hey, tomorrow you're going somewhere. This is a course you've already played. You get to go back there and play this again. You, your shift's covered. There's no responsibilities. Where are you going? You're talking about playing, not working. Yeah, playing. playing uh, uh, Palmetto Golf Club. And where's that at? Aiken, South Carolina. What's some of the features or just characteristics of that course that you really find to enjoy? It's really hard, and it's not that long. Like I said before, it's an Alistair McKenzie, so it's it's kind of like what you would see Augusta before they made all their changes. And um, the greens are just unbelievable, and very there's a lot of movement in them. Number three has the biggest false front I've ever seen. It's it's like ten feet tall, and uh, and you have like a like a ten by ten area shelf that you can hit it onto with a with a short iron it's it's i don't play it good at all but i love it it's awesome isn't it funny how that works some of the holes that you love the most it's and maybe it's because like that one time you're gonna play it good and it's really gonna feel special to you it's just a fun golf course i mean um you're struggling nine holes in we ask all of our guests this the round's not trending in the direction you want what are you ordering uh, at the turn to kind of turn the round around for you? What's, what's your drink of choice, and is there a certain food item that you're like, all right, it's, is it a hot dog at the turn? What is it for you? You know, the the I, I think that if I'm it, – it depends on how serious the round is, right? If it's a tournament, at the turn it's not going well, I'm, I'm getting something to boost my energy. So peanut butter sandwich or uh, some kind of trail mix or crackers, something to kind of just kick yeah. my energy yep. out. Uh, if, if I'm playing for fun, I, I've, and I go back to, um, I, I was able to play Peachtree Golf Club in Atlanta before I left Athens, and and that's again that's a pretty close second to Palmetto yeah. Golf Club. It's um, it's a special place, and and speaking of walking, I, I did have to walk that day. We walked with a caddy, and and I played terrible in the front, and at the turn. Um, just got ginger ale and bourbon mixed and, and got a little loose, you know, like I, yep. I said to you before, off, off, uh, um, away from the microphone, I, I don't drink too much, but ginger ale bourbon got a little loose and, nice. and ate a quick sandwich and ended up shooting even par on the back nine. And, um, 
So something it depends on the round of golf. I sure. Mean, it, it, you know, something to boost my energy if it's something a little bit more serious. Awesome. And last question, uh, like to know this too. You're a pretty serious guy, pretty good golfer, got a good operation going. What's your most embarrassing golf moment? You know, I, I don't, I don't remember. I try to forget those moments, but I'm <laughs> sure I've topped it. I'll tell you that. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, at Country Club of Columbus, the 18th hole. So the golf shop was separate, kind of like ours is separate. Yep. But it was right, right. 18th hole was right beside. It. I mean, it was so close. Only a cart pass separate separated the green and the golf shop, and wow. it had this huge window. We would get hit into the windows all the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, but at the same time, when you got done, everybody from the range, when you're finished on the 18, everybody from the range and everybody around the golf shop in the clubhouse watch you. And I remember I was playing with a group that day, uh, one day, and, and I was in front of the bunker, and I ended up flubbing a chip, and it was, I mean, it, I almost double hit it. It was awful. I mean, I was, oh. I was struggling with uh, with chipping back. Then. I mean, this was years ago, but yeah, it was. I mean, it's it's always embarrassing. I try to forget <laughs> this, but topping the ball or yeah or or flubbing a chip or something like that, laying the sod over an iron, something like that. It's always kind of embarrassed me, but sure, um, you know. Thankfully, yeah, probably not. not. Very exciting. Yeah, not at all. What about you? Uh, mid pines. Yeah. Uh, the the second eighteen we went out there for. I was so stiff from the morning. Um, we just had played a lot of golf going into that. And my buddy, I was like, "Hey, dude, I need to go back to the range before we tee off." And he said, "No, you'll be fine." I'm like, "No, dude. Like, I'm stiff as a board. I can't rotate." Um, I, my tee shot basically came off at like a 50 degree angle and hit that telephone pole there <laughs> with the starter watching. And he just looked at me and said, going to be a long day boys. And I just like, there was nowhere for me to hide. I just had to put a smile on and I looked at him and I said, I told you I fucking needed to go to the range dude. And he was just like, Oh yeah, I guess so. And I'm like, thanks for the most humiliating tee shot of my entire life. Uh, but then we, we both played decent after that, but God, I, I just remember being like, I can't turn. And it just, that was a ton of fun. Now who, uh, who, so here, a uh, question for you. Who's your favorite golfer? Do you like watching golf on TV? I do like watching golf on TV. Yeah. Um, you know, I really like Rory McIlroy. Yeah. Um, maybe that's a little bit of a boring Is answer. Is that your favorite swing too? Uh, definitely can't emulate it. Um, but man, like his driver swing, I mean, if there's one I could have, I would say it'd be his, um, you know, I also really, I mean, maybe this is another like lame answer, but John Daly, um, I just yeah. feel like he, like, you know, I love seeing when he shows up to events. I like having the serious side of golf. I really do appreciate the, the Rory's, the Tigers, all the guys like that. But then like John Daly also coming out here and just having fun. I think it's fun seeing both and. Another guy I always like the root for, and maybe it's because I feel like his reaction sometimes make me on the inside is Jordan Spieth. Yeah, I feel like he just wears his emotions on his chest, and like when it's good, I'll let you know, and like when it's bad, like you can probably tell them a little he's less than watch. pleased. Um, but God, he's just—I think I love his ability to like from nowhere. He's just like, yeah, like let's just rip it and grip it and see how this works. And I mean, it's fun. He's funny. I saw. I met him. He he sets up usually at the Masters across the street, and signs a bunch of stuff. And and I met him. He's a he's a great guy. That's um, awesome. It's it's fun. I I don't get to watch as much golf on TV as I'd like to, but uh, I, I do enjoy watching. I'm excited to watch the Open, uh, U.S. Open coming up here soon at Brookline. And um, 
It'll be fun. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, those guys are so good. It's not even funny. I mean, it's, um, we talk about it all the time. Uh, it's just not even relatable. I mean, they, I mean, they're, they just hit it so good. They do. Like, and it's, I, I don't know. I think Working that's when the I've, ball too. I mean, it's amazing. That's what, what they it can is. Do with a golf ball. Um, and, and when I'm teaching some guys that are trying to get to that next level, you know, they're so worried about what their swing looks like now with, with technology and cameras. But, you know, I'm like, if you want to be good, you got to learn how to work the ball. Yeah. You got to hit it low. You got to hit it high. You got to be able to hit it right, left and left to right. That's it. That's, That's the nine do. shot drill, right? So you hit it low cut, low straight, low draw. Medium cut, medium straight, medium draw, high draw, high cut, medium, and high high straight. If you can hit those shots, then you can do anything. I mean, Tiger Woods just hit it through windows. I mean, and, yeah. and that's, that's so good. So it's uh, John Daly, right? I mean, you talked about John Daly. Well, uh, he's the most talented golfer in the world. He just doesn't give a crap, right? Isn't that crazy? I mean, and Tiger Woods acknowledges that, and he's serious. I mean, the guy's the most talented golfer ever, and he just doesn't care. Do you listen to Golf Subpar? Do you I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I listened to one of the interviews on there when they were talking about it, just how like, like someone else. Had, I think it was um, Pat Perez was on yeah. there for one of the episodes and said like John Daly's the most talented golfer on the planet. Like Tiger Woods is the best, but like John Daly's the most talented, and this this guy just. I mean, his like stories where you hear fourteen diet cokes and around, and just you're like, like what kind of number? Like who one who even drinks that many in a day? Let alone in a four hour period while playing golf. But I guess that's a story for another time. That's right, um, Tyler. Well, thanks for coming on today. You want to go ahead and leave the guys um, with your social media if they want to follow you. Um, reach out on. I, I know you're on Instagram. What's yeah. that look like for you? So, uh, Tyler Deaver, uh, Johnson City Country Club Golf Shop on, on Instagram. You know, I'm not as active as I want to be, but my assistant helps out with that. So, you, you see some updated photos of the golf shop. I put some personal stuff on there sometimes and uh, and some things that aren't related to the golf shop that has to do with the club. So, uh, um, I, I like I said, try to be more active. Uh, reach out to me, and, and uh, I'll, I, I love looking on Instagram. So, I'll see it. Yeah. Well, Tyler, thanks for coming on today. And uh, just thanks for basically all you do at, at the country club. I really enjoy getting to come out there and play and experience that. Just from day one, you made me feel pretty welcome. So uh, hopefully you felt pretty good and welcome coming on here today. I enjoyed getting to chat with you um, and definitely look forward to seeing where the course projects go over the next couple of years as I'm out there. I love podcasts. I mean, I listen to as many podcasts as I can, uh, even even some that aren't golf related. So, I was able to listen to some of y'all's before uh, before I came on here, and um, really excited to be on here. And and uh, uh, and thanks for thanks for all you do too, Tony. I mean, uh, I think the the dudes of Hazard is a great idea. I love that, and uh, you're we have really great members at the club and and uh, you're definitely a part of that so appreciate what you do and appreciate the support awesome thanks tyler guys thanks for tuning in for today's episode uh make sure to tune in for our next one which is going to feature another league member Cade pope i know you guys are going to love to hear from him and some of his fun stories and as always guys keep it classy dudes